Hello there, beautiful beings. Welcome back to the Starseed Network podcast. I'm your host and personal spirit guide, Saula Ilona Vaida, bringing you with me on this journey of exploring our spiritual and human experience on Earth, the collective ascension process, and connecting to incredible light workers, creators, and starseeds all around the world. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm so honored to connect with you. Thank you for your presence, your attention, and your time. And yeah, today we're talking a little bit about self-love, what it means to love yourself, how to really connect with a genuine sense of self-love because it's such a complex question. Like, it can be so easy to be simplified when people are just like, oh, you know, like, say that you love yourself and all this stuff. But what does it truly mean to love ourselves and our actions? in our words, in our dynamics, internally and externally, in the ways that we interact with and care for ourselves. And I'm on this journey just as much as you are. So we're discovering this all together and just seeing what comes through. Yeah, thank you so much for connecting. Make sure to like, subscribe, share these episodes with a friend or anyone who you think might resonate. Check out my YouTube channel linked below, Instagram, all that good stuff. And if you would like to work with me in a one-to-one guidance, spiritual mentorship sessions, quantum healing sessions, Akashic Records, light language, transmissions, activations, DNA healing, all that stuff. You can check that out in the link below if you'd like to work one-on-one. So I'm just going to dive in and channel and speak from my own experience, um, calling in my higher self to just take the lead on this one. Um, Okay, so what it means to truly love yourself as a human is to actually just surrender to the current of love that already exists within you and all around you. So a lot of the times we create resistance to what is our true nature and what is actually there. So a lot of the time we create stories around why we shouldn't love ourselves when the true reality is that we are love and and everything is love and basically the whole the whole fabric of the universe is love so when we cut ourselves off from that source of love is when we experience things like lack of self-worth um feeling not enough this illusion that we've done something wrong this illusion of hopelessness or helplessness this fear because ultimately all of that is man-made The thing that is true and the thing that is divine and real is this all abundant flow of love and the man-made construct, the, you know, stories that we tell ourselves around what we have to do for this love, what we've been programmed with, the beliefs that we picked up from our society, from our childhood, from our parents, from how we were raised, dictates how we perceive what it means to love yourself. So... It's really a lot more complex than kind of looking in the mirror and saying, I love myself, like I'm so hot and I'm proud of myself because I did this today. So that means that I love myself. What it really more means is an intricate 
unpicking and releasing of any illusion that isn't love within you. So unfortunately, in this human experience, in this density, and in all of the multitude of life experiences, lifetimes that we live, we come into this experience of density, of separation, of hate, war, fear, these different, you know, polarities to what true self-love and divine love looks like and feels like. And we go through this process of separation in order to return to a place of unity and have the experience of, of both, of getting to go through forgetting in order to remembering. And that's the whole game of earth. So when it comes to how do we practice self-love, what does it look like to practice self-love what does it look like to truly open yourself up to this divine current and this divine flow that you already are well it's gonna look different for everyone (laughs) everyone's expression everyone's interpretation of this the actions that we take kind of it's a roundabout way of getting to the real core of it so you know, doing, taking actions that you think demonstrate self-love in an external sense, like, oh, I'm going to like go to a spa or I'm going to buy this for like, I'm going to indulge because I love myself. A lot of the times when we're in a place of indulgence, it's actually not coming from a real place of self-love. It's coming from a place of self-suppression in a sense as well because if you're engaging in something that you feel and know is harmful to you and your body this could be a relationship this could be a habit a food different energies in your life that you know perpetuate or satisfy a part of you that's hurting without actually going to the core root of where that pain is coming from those kinds of decisions could be seen as not so self-loving. Just like if in the opposite sense, you are, you know, super strict and you don't ever indulge yourself and you choose to say, oh, you know, I'm going to love myself a little bit today. I'm going to let myself have this. If like, I'm going to let myself break out of my own discipline. And discipline can be self-love as well. It can be very self-loving to create structures and disciplines in your life that you know benefit you and make choices and have a certain level of discernment in what you're eating, what you're doing, who you're engaging with out of a place of self-love. But always coming back to where is that, you know, the question of kind of where is the fine line of things that are loving and things that can start to turn harmful or distracting or avoiding the real pain because also self-love I feel like doesn't mean avoiding pain it doesn't mean avoiding you know density or trauma or things that are coming up triggers like the most self-loving thing you can do in a lot of those times is to hold space for them because unconditional love is unconditional presence so when you have unconditional presence with yourself your emotions your parts your triggers everything that's coming up for you you are expressing unconditional love for yourself so in a lot of ways as well this 
kind of antithesis to self-love, the challenge with self-love lies so much in the dynamics of these inner parts and our inner dialogues. So in another episode, I started talking a little bit about the inner punisher. And this is a huge, huge part of it because it's like, we internalize the dialogues and the dynamics that we were presented with from a very young age when our subconscious mind was so open and vulnerable and we absorbed everything that was going on in our environment. So how our parents loved themselves, how they treated themselves, how they loved each other, how they treated each other became so deeply imprinted into our being that we create our own internal patterns and internal reflections of those dynamics that created our reality at that point in time and now as conscious awakening aware adults (laughs) or you know whoever whatever age you are listening to this it's all inclusive you now are walking around as a conscious awakening aware adult with this internal dialogue still replaying within you because these dynamics, these parts are still vibrating and existing within you. That's why you attract certain situations that mirror that on your outside. So it's all, it's a really deep process of unraveling the whole regard that we have for ourselves. So In my personal process recently, I have really been feeling how much I haven't been loving myself, how much I haven't been there for myself in the ways that I allowed people to treat me, treatment that I accepted, that I normalized, in the ways that I treated myself, honestly, because it was like looking always on the outside for something to fill this void space within me when I had this moment where I really turned around and I saw myself and I looked at myself and I embraced myself and I made this promise to myself of like I'm here like I'm here it's not about calling in someone else to do the do the work for me or placing that responsibility of love on someone else externally but it's about me really setting the tone and setting the standard for for how I speak to myself, how I treat myself, how I care for myself through self-love as an action. Because a lot of the times love is an action. It's an emotion, it's a feeling, it's a verb, it's a noun, but in concrete life, universal movement of energy ways, love is an action that we partake in every single day. And when I mean love is an action, it means like discipline as well. You know, having the discipline to maintain a spiritual practice, to maintain self-reflection practices, the discipline to sit with your triggers when they come up with and be with them unconditionally instead of allowing yourself to get distracted or move away from what's uncomfortable. It's having the self-love to say no to something or someone, even while in this present moment, it creates, you know, sadness or you feel like you're losing something. And even if you don't understand why fully yet, you don't fully see the clarity of the situation yet, but you have to trust what your heart is telling you, what your intuition is telling you. 
And I just I just watched a video by Teal Swan about this. And as always, she blows my mind. But she basically said this very simple practice of connecting to what self-love means and looks like for you, which is just asking yourself, what would someone who loved themselves do? And, you know, asking yourself that throughout the day, before every decision, before, you know, interacting with anyone, just like making a commitment to ask yourself that question all the time for at least a year, she said. So I feel like I'm beginning that commitment today in really really sitting with that because the answers that come through might not always be exactly what you expect but she says that you know the relief of actually doing what that answer is because the answer is coming from your higher self whenever you ask a question the answer comes in the form from your higher self in the form of an intuitive hit an idea a download and the more clear and present you are the more available you are to receive that and, and when you take action on that is what she said. It's like you're proving to yourself, you're creating this element of self-trust where you begin demonstrating to yourself that you love yourself. And it, it's so interesting because even after being on a self-love journey for so long and being so conscious of it and bringing it in and feeling like it's such a big lesson to learn, I still... I still feel like I am such a beginner with all of this. I mean, always. I'm a, we're all beginners at everything because there's no like different levels or no one is more advanced than anyone else. We're all just here. And a friend said to me yesterday, you know, it's not about no one is more advanced than anyone else. It's just about the dedication that you have to your practice. That's the only thing that makes a difference between someone who maybe is more spiritually, quote unquote, advanced and someone who's more of a beginner. It's your commitment to your practice. How consistently, how lovingly are you, how dedicated are you to your practice on a consistent basis is also an indicator of how you love yourself, but also how you manage dedication, how you manage discipline and choosing actions that you know align you, that your higher self is telling you and that you know are aligning you to that truth. So also, it's really important to be realistic about where you're at in your self-love journey because if you're in a place where you feel such, you have such trauma or such you know pain that it feels like you're in this place of self-hate, and you're like, how can I, how can I move from self-hate into self-love? How can I move from utter hopelessness or powerlessness or fearfulness into a place of self-love and empowerment? Then in that case, if you're working from this place where it feels so far away to even think about loving yourself, and trust me, I know exactly how that feels. I've been there. That's when you start with the very basics start seeing your inner child as this being separate from yourself almost externalizing this energy of care this energy of love onto something else this is i know this might sound a little bit like <laughs> convoluted um but 
for example, like last night I was in bed and I was cuddling with this teddy bear, like, and I was seeing this teddy bear as my inner child and how I would hold my inner child, how I would just care for her and how I would hug her and hold her and cuddle with her as if she was an external being, as if you're seeing this externalized version of this sweet, innocent, loving child version of yourself, because there's, there's just no way that we can't love these precious, sweet beings that we are. And if you can look at a child and you can say the things that you maybe say to yourself in your internal dialogue to a child, then obviously that brings up, if you're, you know, an empathic, loving human, which I'm sure most of you listening, if not all of you listening to this are, then you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be able to say these deprecating, hurtful, shameful things, but also witnessing how internally there often is this dynamic between the inner child and the inner punisher where in the face of this extreme trauma or abuse or pain that you've lived you have to instate this internal punishing energy to maintain that dynamic because you don't know another way to be another way to operate so that's when you really do have to go inward and explore what is there, what is playing out constantly on repeat and just becoming aware of the internal dialogue, the thoughts that play out on a day-to-day basis. How do you treat yourself and how do you speak to yourself? And I guarantee that your inner child is such an innocent, pure, perfect being. And if you can start to see yourself as that being, see yourself as this pure, perfect child of the universe, you'll start to see that what happened to you had nothing to do with you. It was not your fault. It was not something that you did to bring upon yourself, whatever abuse or trauma that you experienced. And it's okay to not have a resolution for it right now. It's okay to not have an explanation or a justification in your mind, in your soul, and your being for why this happened. And instead to work with kind of sitting with how now you can rewrite that for yourself, how you can rectify and return back to yourself the love that was, was so devotedly given but lost in return. So... It's really tender to start to create a relationship with your internal parts and your inner child where you are now stepping in as that role of protector and caregiver and provider and lover and nurturer, mother and father to these aspects of yourself internally because that's when you begin to prove to yourself through actions, through concrete actions, through your presence through your felt presence with these aspects and parts, you get to start proving to yourself, building the self-trust, building the consistency, building the stability, building the security that you never had or you never experienced growing up. So you get to begin to reparent yourself and starting with that reparenting by stopping the abuse 
stopping whatever internal abusive dynamic is happening because even if it's internal, even if it's you're not hurting anyone else but yourself, that's still an abusive energy. And then consequently, that abusive energy can reflect into the outside and how you treat others and how you speak to others without realizing because that dynamic has become so normalized. And when you, you know, degrade, distract, deny, deflect your own emotions and you are unable to be present with yourself, you're unable to hold space for yourself, then how can you do that in a relationship with someone else? How can you then love someone else more than you're capable of loving yourself? And it's interesting because people say like, oh, you can't be in a relationship until you love yourself. And I personally, I don't think that's true. I think that being in a really healthy, loving relationship helps you learn to love yourself in your own way as well. Because again, sometimes when we cannot, like there's that mental block, there's that resistance around showing that love and dedication and care to ourselves, we can go a roundabout way by externalizing it into another person, by showing love to another person, showing care, showing containing another person, doing acts of service for another person, being there holding space for another person. And that can almost exemplify to ourselves how we then need to return and show that same dedication, that same love and care and consistency with our parts and with our presence, with our parts. But then it's a sticky situation if you get stuck in providing that love outwardly and then not returning to provide that love inwardly. And that's when you're your parts, your inner aspects can start to have beef with you. Honestly, I've had that experience. Like even after like all these years of working with my parts, they have beef with me sometimes. And they're like, Hey, you're not being present with me right now. You're not really holding space for me right now. And like, who else is going to do it other than me? Because if you're, if you're a codependent person and you're so busy giving and showing all that love and externalizing all that love to someone else, like in, like in this practice, you do get an example of what it means to care, what, it, what actions you would take to care for someone, what, what ways you show up to, for someone to care for someone, and then use that as your own template for bringing that all back to yourself as well. But also, you know, if you're a codependent person and you're spreading all this love outwardly and giving and giving and giving, you're actually not really giving from a true place. You're not really pouring from an abundance. You're pouring from a place of lack. And then that place of lack attracts other people who operate from a place of lack. So that's why you know, codependent people always attract narcissists and vice versa, because both of those traits have a core root of lack. So when you're loving from a place of lack, you attract someone else who's loving from a place of lack. And in that dangerous dance of the devil, um, no one wins. (laughs) No one wins ever. So it is so important to be learning what it truly means in your actions, in your presence, in your dedication, in your consistency to love yourself. And I mean this on a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual level, like physically, like 
touching yourself, massaging yourself, holding yourself, appreciating your body. This is like your sacred vessel of light. This is like your your ride or die, honestly, in every literal and figurative sense. And appreciating your mind, how you speak to yourself, you know, when you make a mistake, instead of saying like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. Why did I do this? Being like, no, it's okay, baby. It's okay. Like everyone makes mistakes. We're going to figure this out. We're, it's not the end of the world. And like, even just saying that is so comforting and so validating to your inner child, to all the other aspects of you. And even just catching yourself and rewriting that little script of program it makes a lasting difference. You know, karma is the impact and the repetition of actions, words, and intentions that we release into the world. So good karma is, you know, putting in that positive affirmation, that positive action, that well-intentioned, heart-intentioned frequency out into the world to then return back to you. And the more consistent you are in creating that new neural pathway, the more it then has space to return back to you amplified. So, and like on a spiritual and an emotional sense as well in loving yourself, that means taking the time that when those triggers come up, you don't avoid them. You sit with them. You're present with them. You allow, you transmute the emotions. You allow them. You seek help when you need to. You ask for guidance. You ask for support. You allow in the support and trust me, so many times I like prayed to the universe for a teacher, for a guide, for something, for some assistance, and it comes. And sometimes it comes in the forms, uh, form of external people. Like I really believe that we connect with people to learn through each other, to experience through each other, to deliver messages to each other. And so many times it's been that almost external expression of love that came in and awoke and triggered my own awareness of who I am and what I am and what I bring to see that reflected in the people around me. But also that is a quick fix. That's a band-aid. That's not the core solution. That's not taking the time to really build that inner knowing and that inner resilience and that inner strength and sovereignty that even when someone is not reflecting back to you, oh my God, you did such a good job or like you're amazing, whatever, you still hold that core level of self-worth. And this is also like something that I'm still working on, something that I'm like really aware that I've not mastered, um, but is also feels like a very important part of my life purpose and what I have to offer. Taking the time and the dedication to, to do that inner work into those triggers and those traumas and those programs that led you to believe that you were unworthy, that you were not capable or deserving of love. This is where, you know, the work again of reparenting yourself comes, of diving into those places, into that shadow work, into pulling your inner child out of the timelines of suffering and integrating them into a place of peace. Because 80% of the trauma we experience in our life comes from those first eight years of our life. The core root of, our, of, that, of all the trauma that we experience comes from those first eight years of our life. So again, this is where we, when we dedicate ourselves to the spiritual path and to healing and to awareness, 
we then, you know, also have to give ourselves the opportunity to allow ourselves to dive into the depths and pull out those roots from the core root system so that we can make space for more self-love. Because again, it's not even necessarily about adding on more self-love. It's, it, it, it is, you know, equal parts adding on more self-love, but also removing all the barriers and blockages to that self-love. So if you say to yourself like, oh, I love myself and it doesn't feel true to you at all, then it's usually because there is some internalized programs some subconscious hidden trauma or, you know, belief system that has been created out of something, some experience you had that internalized that you're not worthy of love or you're not, you're not worthy of appreciating and valuing yourself. So that's when, you know, we, you can't, it doesn't work so well to just be like, oh, I'm slapping an affirmation on it, slap a band-aid on it. But actually being with yourself in those darkest moments of re-experiencing and processing the original source of the pain, that's where you build true strength and resilience and self-trust in those moments when you're by yourself crying your eyes out on the floor and there's no one there to hold you other than yourself. And that is enough. And it's more than enough because of course we love having other beings around us and we love connection and we're social beings. At the end of the day, you're the one who's going to be there for your entire life. You're the one who's on this journey. You're the one who's dictating this journey for yourself. You're the one living inside your mind. And that's, you know, honestly the most important thing because if you don't have a happy home within your mind and within your heart, then you're going to find yourself in all sorts of situations of avoidance that can start to become potentially, you know, dangerous and harmful to your health. So when you begin to cultivate a safe place for yourself in your mind and in your heart, through just consistency, boundaries, presence, and feeling, really dropping into the feelings and allowing yourself to travel into those portals of transmutation, at least in my experience, <laughs> um, this is how I've, I've done it and I've seen it necessary to be done. But everyone has their own, their own process. So I'm not going to say that my process is going to be the step-by-step -step recipe for yours because we're all different. But with that all being said, you know how you're going to love yourself. You know what love looks like to you. You know what love, you know, self-love, external love, means and expresses for you and when we are more open and able to be in that pure flow and we have that appreciation and that divine regard and that honor and that value and that trust for our own being we are unstoppable we're pure divine channels we are pure source love energy and that love spills and overflows in every direction but it has to be a source that flows from within and flows through you. It doesn't even belong to you, but it flows through you. And yeah, so thank you so much for listening. This is um, kind of the beginning of, I don't know what this is going to be. There might be more parts to this topic because it's really multifaceted and... 
I'm so honored to share this time and space with you, beautiful souls. Thank you so much for listening. I'm sending you big, big, big hugs and wishing you a beautiful morning, evening, noon, or night, wherever you are in this crazy world. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you'd like to work one on one, the link is available below. Sending lots of love. Bye. And release your resistance. Speak into existence. And release your resistance. Wake up, rise up. Existence